What is that noise? He's cleaning his gun. So it sounds like somebody cleaning a gun. <laughs> I like how anytime I ever bring that up, it just stops and nobody takes nobody takes it. I was, I, was, I was opening a beer. Steve. Yeah, Steve I was totally opening a beer. Oh. I think whenever it happens, we, it, all, we all immediately just stop moving because nobody's really sure. <laughs> so we all stop. Yeah. And then we're like, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, that doesn't happen. But Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known films in detail. I'm Nate. I'm Kevin. I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. I'm Tom. Why are we all putting on these voices? <laughs> I don't know, Tom. We were trying to be professionals. Jeez, Tom, ruin it. We all went to the training, Tom. We all went to the training. <laughs> Non-regional dialect before lunch. <laughs> Microphone lovemaking afterwards. It was That was my favorite hour. Hour? <laughs> you mean it was your favorite two minutes. <laughs> I didn't want to do any chafing. Right? <laughs> um, this week, bizarre sexual puns aside, <laughs> I had I had the pick for the uh, for the podcast for the month, and uh, I chose Alien Covenant, and I gave the guys the theme of seconds, second movies. I gave him the choice of second movies. I was kind you of leaving. You said second movies, and then you change it to seconds, and that and was I your changed mistake. it to seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was. And I was. Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm getting blamed for this. I didn't choose the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be me. Can't be me. And, and then, then things happened. Um, so <laughs> this podcast, we're doing Alien Covenant and the film Seconds, the John Frankenheimer thriller. And next podcast, we're going to talk about two other films. We'll tell you about that a little bit later, though. But we're going to start here with Alien Covenant. I chose Alien Covenant in some ways to give myself a reason to go see it. <laughs> I'd already seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I wanted to guarantee that I would go see this movie in theaters. And I was like, you know what? If I don't do it for the podcast, I might not go see it. For those of you who don't know, Alien Covenant is the sequel to the film Prometheus. It is Ridley Scott's third film in the Alien franchise, the second in sort of the Prometheus timeline. It is about a colony ship who goes off course to land on an uncharted paradise to try and set things up. But of course, things don't go well. Tom described it as... Love boat in space with an alien. Love boat in space with an alien. Yeah. Hmm. And th I feel like that's an accurate... I grew up with Love Boat. I, I don't, don't remember people dying yeah. on that show. <laughs> that's where you mm. add the with an alien. Take the alien out. Okay. Does this feel like Love I don't Boat? remember them exploring alien planets, though. But they stop off in places like... So who was Isaac? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Fassbender? <laughs> Which Michael Fassbender? Yeah. Well, that's true. I think it's the the baby Michael Fassbender that they conceived together during the flute scene. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Kidding me? Yes, this stars. Uh, this is directed by Ridley Scott. You blow. I'll do the fingering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I don't un understand, Tom. Could you explain that, that line? To <laughs> uh, if, if, if it makes it any clearer to say that there are two Michael Fassbenders playing a recorder, then sure. <laughs> right, right. That's what was going on. Okay. Um, this stars Michael Fassbender, 
um, as David and Walter, Catherine Watterson, who you would probably know from Fantastic Beasts, Billy Crudup, who I think you should all know from <laughs> Big Fish. That's his name. Almost Crudup. famous. Yeah, almost famous. Okay, we could we could name other things. Could we? Mission yeah. Impossible Three. Uh, yeah, I guess. He was also in a, a really good movie about um, shit. About shit? About shit? No, the, uh, an Olympic runner. Oh, That's Prefontaine? Actually, Prefontaine. That's the first one I saw him in. I thought that was excellent. He's Dr. Manhattan in The Watchmen, too. Yeah. And then it, we round out the cast. It's, it's a pretty big cast. They don't all last very long, but it's a pretty big cast. Uh, with Danny McBride, Damian Bashir, and Carmen. I'm going to butcher your name. I'm sorry. Carmen Ajogo? Sounds good. How'd I do? I am going to turn to Kevin um, because I'm not sure. I, I know, Kevin, you're kind of a horror fan. You enjoy horror movies. I uh, do. Um, but Enunciate, I, I feel horror. like you were Horror. Horror. <laughs> I don't discriminate. I'm Sorry, a fan I went of horror too. That's rough work. Horror film. All right, so I, I watched the original uh, Alien movie. When did that come out? I, I feel like 79. Okay, I was going to say early 80s, so I definitely didn't see it in the theater. But I did see it probably as soon as I was old enough to and went through all of them. The only one I haven't seen is Alien vs. Predator for no other and reason you, than, I, you, you're okay. than I didn't get around to it. Um, it wasn't something I was necessarily avoiding. So I've I wait, watched Wait, Prometheus. you're not avoiding that movie? I'm not particularly avoiding it. Actually, I'd like to see it just to kind of... You know, I'd kind of like to see it, too. I don't have expectations. Yeah, I, have I, you seen I, either of the Alien vs. Predator movies? No. There's more than one? <laughs> okay. No. Yeah, there's a second one. Oh, okay. Now that you've told Kevin this, you've just ruined another one of his weekends, Tom. <laughs> he could have gone peacefully to his See, now if they made grave, a second one, not now knowing I'm more curious. Like, okay, there must have been something there from the first yeah. one. So, no, there's really not. <laughs> uh, I also watched Prometheus. Uh, we did that on the podcast, right? Yes, yes we did. But yeah. We also um, did Predators. But that doesn't have to do with I missed that week. That was um, like the first week. Yeah, right. way earlier in the podcast. So back on track. Uh, I, I I really love this movie. I liked everything about it. I didn't mind that it didn't scare me at all. I mean, there were suspenseful parts and scary parts, but I kind of saw it all coming, and I was okay with that. It's it kind of hit the classic horror parts where you're like, no, don't go in there, no, don't look in that. <laughs> um, but what I really enjoyed was the way. Okay, yeah, the alien is is definitely a, a focal point of the movie, but it's not the only part of the movie. This I think tries to go so much deeper. Um, yeah, it starts out with David, kind of trying to help you understand how he came to being. They they skip over all of the Prometheus, you know what happens to. His creator, I don't remember his name right now. They they hard they assume you have like studied Prometheus yeah. to watch this movie. Well, which is kind of interesting. I don't necessarily think you'll lose much, but you can get so much more if you see Prometheus. But I still think there's enough there. Not to see Prometheus, you memorize Prometheus. No, I don't think <laughs> yeah. you have to. I mean, oh yeah, they're looking at. It, he's like, okay, well, if you know, if you made me, who made you? And he's like, well, that's, yeah. you know. Think the relation that. between creator and creation. Right. Yeah. When they bring it to present day of, of the movie, you know, it, that's you can see that's kind of driving the background of everything that he's doing now on this planet. And I could talk at length about this, but I, I don't want to take too much away from Stephen because um, he actually did know. research and homework, which I don't. Uh, <laughs> but, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed this movie, and I will argue against anybody who says otherwise. 
All right, I'm so getting what, it, what I'm giving, giving it an A, a solid A. An A. All right. Um, let's let's go to someone who I feel like might be a little bit more skeptical. Tom, how how did you feel about this? <laughs> and what makes you think that, Nate? Tom, you you've been throwing out all kinds of skeptical jives. You used a, the classic show Love Boat sarcastically. How dare you, sir? Uh huh. So somehow I imagine you <sighs> you may have been biased going into this movie. I feel like you weren't super excited for it. I was um, excited for this movie. I, you were excited. I, I thought this was going to be a return to form, a uh, return to alien form. and Instead, it, you got a return to alien four. <laughs> <laughs> Brian! I liked alien, hey, Brian. I liked hey. alien four. I'm giving... Wait, what? I, I liked alien resurrection. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I'm giving alien covenant a D. Wow. That's brutal. Yeah, what Why the so low? And I was sure that I would not be alone on that. You're not. Oh, good. Um, this it had some good scenes, but that ten-minute flute scene. I'm like, can we just get back to the aliens now? Like, uh, I, I don't know. It, it felt like this movie meandered. It felt like it was trying to be really philosophical, and yeah. all it did was all it did was slow the movie down too much. Oh, I disagree. I didn't this movie had some terrible CGI. The Climax. The the two climactic action scenes were. We're still a talking mess. about the flute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. The the two climactic action scenes where she's like tethered to the outside, fighting the one alien, and then like where they're having yet another battle in like the garage or whatever you want to call it. Those two scenes were just a it was mess. A space garage. Space garage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta have somewhere to park your space vehicles. So right, yeah. It's, it's different from a regular garage. It's a space garage. Again, we had a lot of really stupid, stupid characters. Not quite as bad as Prometheus, but you know, we've we've known this kind of stupidity since the '80s. Horror movies, kind of stupid. You know what I mean? Return to form. No, <laughs> we're not that stupid in the first two Aliens. No, no they're, they're actually, not. what I liked about this one is that people were not stupid. You're going to tell me Billy Crudup was not stupid in this movie? What was? What did he do that was stupid? That is he, my... He, yeah, I've... I've, I've he went up to a facehugger egg and leaned over and looked in. He has in no idea. Egging him on. He has no idea what what it is. See, I think, though... No he, already doesn't, he, he already doesn't trust this android, and he's just like, okay, you can lead me in here to this hella creepy room full of eggs. But that's alien, eggs. first of all. And he, he's... If I understood it, he's very religious. He wants to bring faith. He's curious about this. I mean, it's it's moronic that he does it. But yeah. uh, on one hand, you kind of expect it in a horror movie. You know it's going to happen. But he right? also, at first, he's like, no, but his curiosity, like, actually, I thought that scene was played really well because you could see he's like, this is stupid. But his curiosity is driving him more than his reluctance. And as an, I, th- I thought that scene was acted brilliantly. Because you can see those two things playing out just on his face. How he's like, mm. I shouldn't be doing this, but I, I, I just got to know what it is. And at that point, he, I mean, we know they're face huggers. We know they're eggs. But he doesn't know that. He has no idea what these are. Even if that's the case, I feel like the audience knows too much for that scene. At least I knew too much for that scene to be effective for me. And I'll I'll agree with Tom with this. There's 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 two scenes in this movie that I I didn't that I had problems with, and that was one of them because I feel like 
there's an easy way to get get around that scene. Like uh, Billy Crudyup is no match for for David in a fight. Crudyup. Crudyup. Call him for now. <laughs> Orem. We'll call him by his character name. Orem. Orem is no match for David in in a fight. And so even right. though he's 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 got a gun on him, I feel like that there's an easier way where David can still get his monologue in and kind of force um, Orem to to be taken by the face hugger. The fact that he goes in there somewhat willingly. I was bothered by. We'll get to the other scene. I'll see if somebody brings up the other scene a little bit later. Does but. anybody? Does David ever use force on anybody? Yeah, no, he throws even. Catherine Watterson's yeah. character around like nothing. Yeah. Remember? He chucks her across. Okay. Yeah. yeah he also cool. kills Walter twice. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which that first that time he does it was like okay. so jarring. Oh yeah, that and strange. That was scary. Yeah. I, that creepy. That, that scene was yeah. That that, that was, was a little cool. bit terrifying. I forgot about that. One of the things I, I like about this, Tom, is actually one of the things you were complaining about. I like the fact that it slows down yeah. in between these moments of of horror, in between these moments of tension, because I think it's I actually think it's it's really good pacing because now I'm I'm terrified. After they get out of the wheat field and those little whatever, they're not fully the alien xenomorph things have just wrecked them. Protomorphs. You know, protomorphs is, is that what yeah. they call them? Yeah. Okay. After the little protomorphs and then you have the xenomorphs eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, and at one point in there, it's so quick. Like, I think there's, like, friendly fire that kills one of the people. Oh, yeah, it gets shot through the back of the head, and it comes out of space. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, that was shocking, yeah. You're you're left sitting here watching that scene, and, and you're like, it, it gives you time to breathe, but it also naturally builds that tension where now I'm like, well, when's the next moment? If it was just an hour and a half of attack after attack after relentless attack, it, I, I, I would think, have no time to process it. And so I, I appreciated I think, those, those moments. I think that scene would have been a lot better if they didn't show so much of the alien. Like seriously, a lot of the CG in this movie looked like it wasn't finished. Well, I didn't have and, a problem with that. And part either. of the part of the thing that's so effective yeah. and the, and the reason that I I like Alien Resurrection so much and that I actually liked Alien versus Predator Requiem, the second one, a lot better than the first one is it didn't use CGI all that much. It used a lot of practical effects. And, and I feel like Ridley Scott has gotten away from that both in this and in Prometheus. That's just so, one of my major qualms with these movies. Steve, what grade would you give it? I give it an A. I came out of this movie really frustrated. And I've been thinking about why. And part of it was because I just had so many questions. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it forced me to do some more, some research on it. And part of that research involved going back and watching Prometheus a couple of times and um, just reading things online and watching some YouTube videos, watching some of the promotional material that Fox put out. There's a, oh, what's his name? The David, who created David. Guy, Guy Pierce. Guy, Guy Pierce. Wayland. Yeah. Wayland, Wayland. There's Wayland. A, they have a video of Wayland as a young man doing a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really cool. And it explains a lot. I, now, I realize you shouldn't have to see that stuff to understand the movie. But even coming out of the movie, me and Nate saw it together. And I told Nate I, I liked it. But there was, I, need, I felt like I needed more. And I think that's a good thing. And we talk about the movie slowing down. I think that's, a, that's also a good thing because this movie does something that I've never seen a horror movie do before. And actually, I realize now Prometheus was doing the same thing, although Prometheus wasn't as much of a horror movie. But it's, it mixes horror with wonder, this idea of awe. You know, mm-hmm. with the with this engineering engineer race, 
I want to know who they are and I want to know about them. You know, and they're dead. we're getting pieces <laughs> of them. And I'm sort of in awe at this mythology that's being created. But at the same time, I'm terrified at, the, at what's happening, what's actually occurring right now. And that mix actually, for me, increases the horror. Even the masturbation robot scene with the flute, I, I actually found that really, really interesting. I didn't find it actually, I mean, there are sexual overtones, but yeah. more in a sense of he thought he was alone. Right? Yeah. Completely and utterly in the universe. And now he realizes, well, he hopes he's not. And so there's this, it's a, a lust, but I, don't, I wouldn't quite call it a sexual lust. But there is a lust there of, I, yeah. I want to be with you. Yeah. And then that, di- that moment of disappointment when he says, no, it's about duty. And you can just see mm-hmm. on his face, he's just, he realizes, no, I am alone. And that... <laughs> I think it's that a heck is, of a performance by Fassbender, yeah, too. Yeah, it's one of the most brilliant yeah. performances from an actor I've ever seen. So I, I, I think this movie is great. And I thought it does a much better job of, than uh, Prometheus of mixing that wonder and that horror. Patrick, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm coming at this probably differently than everyone. Um, I've never seen any of the Alien movies, so this was my first wow. in the entire really? franchise. Yeah. I give it an A. Um, I thought it was great. I think I expected it to be more of a straight-up alien horror movie, and it wasn't. I mean, I think we've sort of touched upon this. It was so multi-layered. Like I said, even when they start off, the creator and the creation and the creation wanting to be the creator himself yeah. and, not, and you know, wanting to understand what it's like to create. Because I think that, like I said, that sort of was the whole impetus behind all of David's motives was he, he wanted to create himself. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there was such a storyline there that had nothing to, the alien became kind of a secondary yeah. p- backdrop to this story to about this is a David, story of David really. yeah. yeah, which I thought was fascinating. The, the downsides, I totally see, um, Tom, you brought up the, like some of the, the stu- I don't know if you call it basically the stupid moments of people mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, you know, you can't, like, mm-hmm. there, were, there were enough of those that I, I was kind, that kind of brought it down a bit when I there was enough of those, you know, when David in the end. So Patrick, like, okay, not, clearly not knowing about the face huggers, that scene where Orem gets eaten, right, gets the thing. That's the thing that, that jumps on his yeah. face and hugs it and tries to strangle him. What well, was that scene like for you? I still did you know, you know about the face huggers? Did you know about the face huggers? Because that's 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 in popular I, culture. You don't you have to have seen the movies. Exactly. I, so I've seen that, but like I said, even though I haven't seen the movies, I've seen that the face hugger thing. And you, yeah, that was one of those ones where. I was kind of like, oh, dude, come on, don't be so stupid. You can't <laughs> just walk up to a plant. But I can understand, like you said, you know, the suspension of he's never seen, all he's seen mm-hmm. are these little, you know, alien things running around. There's no reason he would suspect a plant is going to do it. But yeah. still, and the, I mean, there were the, the stupidity of we're just going to wander out on a planet, yeah. no spacesuits, no nothing, you know, that you wouldn't worry about infection. They or, checked the atmosphere. Right, exactly. And it's like, um, yeah, you could still all walk out and immediately get hit with a virus and die. Like you would uh, never, Why do we never complain do about that, that in Star Trek? They always do I, it in Star Trek. I, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> It was a class M planet. That's all. Now we're all you need. That's all you need. It was a class M. Nerd. Wow. There's no airborne virus. Uber nerd. Yeah. That's actually not even. Nerd burn. It's an actual class. (laughs) What? Class M planet's an actual class. Yeah. It's not just a Star Trek thing. 
Yeah, Nate got it from Star Trek. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> of course yeah. they did. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Don't try to pretend like Nate's I'm not a fancy science. geologist, Kevin. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Nate got that from Star Trek. We can't Trek. all be perfect. Some of us have to uh, study other things. Now I'm just visualizing a fancy geologist. <laughs> <laughs> just, think of, just think of Kevin in like a three-piece suit. Putting with like a monocle and a monocle. A, a, yeah, smoking jacket with a monocle holding a really pretty <laughs> rock. <laughs> with a yeah. shovel. And a rock. Yeah. <laughs> Brian? No. Yeah? What are your thoughts on this movie? What grade would you give it? With Tom. <laughs> the movie kind of was so over the top. You, you know how movies tend to leave breadcrumbs? Like, this is the trail if you follow it. This movie right. was leaving whole wrapped loaves of bread for you. <laughs> so you could know that David was going to, you know, betray the entire people. You know that David, you know, destroyed every single one of those people that was in that courtyard. Yeah, I don't understand that scene, by the way. That's explained that scene... in a in a short that Fox released. Yeah, but you, you we've talked about this before. You shouldn't have to do homework. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. What don't you understand about it, Tom? The scene where he kills all the people—it seems apropos of nothing. Like why he I, I did it? Got the or... idea, I, I kind of got the idea that this this race had already been obliterated by this virus that is somehow connected to the xenomorphs that we already know. But mm-hmm. when David appears, like in the ship, I'm like, what is going on? Where where did this whole subplot about David killing off an entire race come from? That that's just his mo- his motivation. He wants to destroy his own creators and we know that from prometheus he he, he has the line where what, what does any child want to do sometimes to, to that he says sometimes to create you have to first destroy and he also says, and that's all the he goal wants. of every child to kill their parents yeah 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 well that could have um, been explained in the movie because oh yeah scene, I, without I, that I back knowledge, that scene just comes out of nowhere and that was what frustrated me when i first when i came out of the movie um, it's also because they come from yeah, Elizabeth it. Shaw. It's also his way of giving her the ability to reproduce, right? Because she can't have children. So after she oh, dies, that's okay. he's trying to, mm-hmm. he's giving, basically giving her what he sees as a gift. She's the mother of all these aliens, all this of this new mm-hmm. life form. So he's given well, her was, a gift. I was also pretty bummed that she, her character wasn't in the movie. That, that, that's the same, that's like the Alien 3 problem. Yeah, I was too, like, and I don't understand because I looked for it. She, there was no like she didn't want to be in the movie or anything like that. So they purpose that was a story decision. Yeah, I was I was looking I, forward I mean, to I, seeing I, more I, of her. So I think they realized that at some point David would have just killed her. And what are we supposed? You know, is she going to survive there? That whole if you make David do all these yeah, terrible things, just just shrug. Some point David would have killed her. That's not narratively satisfying. No, but I mean, how, how else would she would she survive on a man on a planet with a an android that had just wiped out a whole species. I don't know. Show me that movie. Well, that and David didn't kill her. What? So David didn't kill her. Nah, he totally killed her. No, he didn't. Nah, he they, totally killed her. They show it in the in the short. He doesn't kill her. Oh my God, Steve. <laughs> okay, uh, that one I can't okay, argue you're, with. You're, Tom. you're actually just choice. like. Li- you're destroying never, my confidence in this movie and my confidence <laughs> he never in even your said, a. He never even Look, said he killed I, her. I am a huge but fan of mythologies. Deny it. That doesn't mean he uh, killed her. I understand, but that leads the viewer to believe that. Yeah, I thought he killed her. Oh, yeah, her. I believe he killed her. I'm not even going to listen to your silly short argument. He killed her. <laughs> She's dissected upon a table. That yeah. doesn't mean he killed her. He's using her biological matter. He, he totally... That, that's why he killed her. No. Yes. She's, she's actually yeah. infected from Prometheus. If you watch Prometheus, at the end, she's sick. 
because she's infected. Okay. All right, that's interesting. So you're saying she just succumbs? Yeah. Hmm. Show don't tell. See, this is why I don't. Interesting know. fan theory. He says in the movie that she showed me kindness that nobody ever had showed me before. She was the best of right. humanity. He actually had fallen in love with her. That I did see, yeah. which was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I want to go watch all these shorts. Yeah, I know, I right? I I would have no problem watching these shorts, but I don't I don't like the idea that I need these. Like I was trying to say, I love mythologies. Um, I love these elaborate mythologies, but. I shouldn't have to have watched short films separate from this movie to understand scenes in this movie. Um, I, I am actually going to give this movie a B. There's there's two reasons. I, I, I loved it for all the reasons people who said that they liked it. There's two things I don't like. I don't like the Orem scene. Um, I, I think there was just simply better ways that they could have written that. The face hugger scene? Yeah, the face hugger scene. I, 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 I get what you're saying, Steve, but I think that there's just too many questions left open there. Um, the other scene I don't like... Um, is at the very end after they're back on the spaceship yeah. and there's there's the remaining two pilots who are there who are pretty right. ancillary characters and they're like, oh, where are they? And of course it's this shower sex scene. Yeah. Um, and they can't hear. And the, I feel like the only reason for that scene, I'm, I'm fine with them having a relationship or something, but the only reason was they're like, hey, wouldn't it be awesome if the alien mouth went through another guy's mouth in the <laughs> middle of a sex scene? I, I just feel like that, and they're like, "Yeah, I would. Let's do that." And it was it was kind of cool if I was still in middle school. And, and admittedly, when I saw it, I was like, "Ha ha ha ha!" But then I was like, "Oh, that was that was really dumb." Yeah. <laughs> so you liked yeah, it, I agree but you that. felt bad about yourself for liking it. I did. Well, and like even the you know the, the, the even it's so like now that I think about it, it's so ridiculous. They even have the uh, xenomorph like scorpion tail. Like if that's not a phallic symbol, I, oh, I don't yeah, know what absolutely. is. Yeah, we're talking. I agree with you because that scene didn't totally feel like it fit with the rest of the film. It felt yeah, a little that, that, more that felt like a, a more like high school slasher movie. kind of. Yeah, yeah, it it really did. It felt like high high school slasher. I just felt like th- those two things took me out of the movie. Um, and actually, I don't think it's as good as Prometheus. I think it doesn't hold together as well, mostly because of those those two small scenes. It was too those two scenes felt too much of slasher horror. And for the most part, the terrifying aspect of an alien movie is that. You can't get away from this thing. That scene in the wheat where they are just—it's just absolute chaos. And I, I was like, they're all dead. They're—they're they're, they're just all going to die. Or where they first, where the first one's pulling out of them and they go into the room and they're slipping and they're shoot, slipping in the blood and there's just so much panic. Yeah, um, that scene was effective inside the ship. Yeah, that's what's wonderful about this um, whole franchise is that it's very different from slasher horror. Yes, within the franchise, characters, especially scientists make dumb decisions from time to time, but the horror is often the characters are helpless and weak. I even go back to the first alien, the final the final scene where um, Sigourney Weaver, we, I know we've argued the space panties before. Why are they so tight? Well, that's a vacuum pack, yeah. like, guys. We know. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. The space that's panties how it works. Episode. I forgot, yeah. I forgot about that. Space panties in a vacuum. Of course they're going to be tight. Um, but even that scene where it's you're just you're you're terrified. You don't know how she's going to get out of it. And she's just you know feet from this heaving beast, and yet she's very vulnerable. It's it's terrifying. That's what I love about this franchise. Yeah. So I'm get, but I'm still giving it a B because those two scenes I felt were uh, gratuitous and tonally out of place. Um. So Tom, would you lead us take over for we're gonna add this to our flick chart. So I'm gonna hand this part of the segment over to you. Sure. What's the GPA for Alien Covenant? It is a B minus, so that is a Homer Simpson. I'm, I'm just, I, I was so wrong. Yeah, 
You I was are. so wrong. I was sure that nobody was going <laughs> to like this movie very much. I was too. The movie's awesome. I loved it. Yeah. All right. So we're adding Alien Covenant to our flick chart. Uh, flick chart is a website that we use on our podcast. Uh, it's a website that gives you two movies at random and you can pick which one you like better. And over time it builds a chart for you of your best to worst or favorite to least favorite, however you want to think about it. Um, you can also add a movie like we're doing and it'll put it up against uh, movies that are already on your list. So we have 535 movies currently on our flick chart that we've done over the past going on seven years. So the first movie comes up against Alien Covenant versus Mars Attacks. Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant. I can't believe this. I can't believe this is the movie that's going to rise into the top <laughs> half of, of all the movies we've done recently. Uh, I'm also going Alien Covenant on this one, though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> unanimous. Unanimous on Alien Covenant. Okay. Our, our litmus is you know, Mars Tom, Attacks. You know how rare that is. Yeah. yeah, I do know how rare that is, and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Mars attacks are moonlight. Those are only comparisons. Uh, <laughs> all right, Alien Covenant versus Attack the Block. Attack the Block, no question. Way I better Alien movie. Yeah, I agree. Alien Covenant. I'd have to go Attack the Block because Alien Covenant does heavily depend on this huge mythology and extra material. Right. Without which, it can I can see it being a. Like, it makes no goddamn sense. So, uh, yeah, Attack the Block is a single, you know, standalone thing that just works by itself and is brilliant. Okay. on Alien Covenant. I'm going to go Alien Covenant. I like the dense philosophy in it more than the sociological questions in, in Attack the Block. So that's three and three. Kevin, Patrick, and Nate went Alien. Steve I'm, and Brian I'm and I willing went to Attack budge. the Block. I'm willing to budge to Attack the Block. Yeah, sure. Keep this attack going. Attack the Block. Yeah, Attack the Block wins. Alien Covenant versus Hacksaw Ridge. Alien Covenant. Hacksaw Ridge. Ooh. I'm going Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. It's a great storyline, but not a great movie. Yeah, I'm going Alien, too. Yeah, I kind of agree with Kevin. It's a great story. Tom, are story. you bothered by the, the weak CGI in Hacksaw Ridge as much as you are in Alien? No. Why? Because the bar is I, higher for probably Alien. Probably because in Hacksaw Ridge, I think it was mostly like blood spurts, right? Right. Yeah. And I, I think I was too wrapped up in the actual drama of what was happening to care that much. Okay. I don't see it as much in a Alien. I mean, I, 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 I would love to see them do physical effects again, but part of me has just accepted that. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. So I don't, I don't I think like, CGI I was, like, bad. shocked how bad some of those shots looked. No, I didn't think they looked I didn't bad. have a problem with any of them. Honestly, I didn't see anything while I was watching the movie that I was like, oh, that was horrible, with exception of the fighting on the flying garage thing. But I, I kind of... Space, space garage. garage. Space garage, sorry. <laughs> flying on the, uh, fighting on the Damn space it, garage. Kevin. I accepted that because I, I know the technology's not there yet to make it totally seamless. Oh, the technology's there. Yeah, I, like there no. were shot there were shots in this movie where I'm like, did they forget to finish rendering this or what? That's I did they run out of time. When I they watch it again, money? I'm sure I'm gonna notice those, but this first time through, kinda like your reaction, Tom, to Hacksaw Ridge, you were so engrossed in the story, you kinda looked yeah. through it. I think that's how I was with Alien. Yeah, I was just, right. I was loving the storyline so much that I looked through the, the CGI issues. I got me and Brian going Hacksaw Ridge. Anybody else going Hacksaw Ridge? I'm going to go Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> Steve, I'll, Patrick, Kevin, I'll going budge. Alien? I'll budge. All right. Just to keep things moving. Hacksaw Ridge That's wins. A close one for me. Alien Covenant versus The Brother from Another Planet. Alien oh, Covenant. Bro Alien Brother Covenant. from Another Planet. Yeah, Brother from Another, from another Planet. Alien Covenant. Brother from Z Another Planet. And we're split. Yeah. Not going to budge. Nope. 
Yeah, no way. No, I love Brothers from Another Planet. Nobody, Nobody's close on this one? No. Well, uh, that puts Alien Covenant at number 234 on our flick chart. It's right below Videodrome, <laughs> and it is two spots above the Adjustment Bureau. Nate? Good. So, um... We're going to come back and talk to you about our second film called Seconds. <laughs> our second seconds film called Seconds. <laughs> In just a few seconds. <laughs> Welcome back, and for this segment, we get to talk about my choice for Nate's description of seconds, called Don't Seconds. I, despite what you may hear in outtakes or anything like that from other people on the podcast, I did genuinely look as long, if not longer, than other people did at the beginning of this podcast for their choice <laughs> for this month. So, uh, I... Oh, yes, I your, looks, your looks for things are tremendous. They are the best <laughs> looks for things. Yeah. Um, after... You know, taking Nate's uh, direction of seconds, I'm looking for, you know, the second movie that actors are in, the second movie that somebody directed, and and then I stumbled upon this movie called Seconds, uh, and (laughs) starring Rock Hudson, uh, it's from 1966, I have never seen anything that I know of uh, starring Rock Hudson, where he's, you know, uh, the main character in the prime of his career. So I said, okay, this might... This might be pretty good. Uh, IMDb uh, describes it as an unhappy middle-aged banker agrees to a procedure that will fake his death and give him a completely new look and identity, one that comes with its own price. Yes, now, the horrible price of they make you get involved with a beautiful woman in a get naked and have an orgy with her and dance around a grape. Oh, oh you poor, you poor man. Suggestion, don't have your children in the room when that scene is on. Just going to throw that <laughs> Wait, leads did to you? A, leads to a lot of conversations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but before we get to that scene, um, oh my goodness. You, you, may, you may or may not know if you listen to the podcast that I sometimes nod off during movies. And we, we, we like to call it pulling a Kevin. Pull, yeah. <laughs> so I pulled a Kevin at the, the most key part of this movie where he's not actually dead. So I thought for some reason, I, I nodded off for probably two minutes where <laughs> you learn that, hey, this is a choice he can make to come up you know, with his new life and, and they'll fake his death. I fell asleep at that point and for a good third of the movie, I thought he died. And I'm watching this. <laughs> and You're like, who's this character? went to this new guy? Yeah. I'm going, wow. No wonder the, you the, were confused I'm going, about I'm like, the plot. Wait, is, is he in purgatory? Or? So eventually I was like, oh, okay, I get it. So I, I am curious, uh, both because it's black and white. Uh, it's an older movie. It started out really weird, kind of psychedelic, um, to see what oh, you guys yeah. think about this. So uh, let's start with our... our Closest thing to a resident hippie, Tom. What did you think of this movie, <laughs> Kevin? You know, you know damn well you're the closest thing to a hippie, being the old man. All right, touche. I'll take that. No, I mean he's he's not wrong. <laughs> um, Tom, are you currently wearing a bandana? I am not currently wearing a bandana. All right, Aww. okay. But that doesn't mean I haven't recently. No, Tom, had you seen this before? I had not seen this before. Um, I, I was actually kind of surprised to learn that I had not seen anything from Frankenheimer's classic period, which would have been in the 60s. He was making The Manchurian Candidate, and he made this. Um, I'm going to give this movie a C. Uh, oh, I think I would have... No! Oh, what? Okay, nothing. What? You were my only hope for this movie, so... Oh, really? 
<laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Tom, you are my only hope. Yes. <laughs> I was counting on you. Does that mean that you enjoyed it? Very much. I, I enjoyed it. I, I would have actually given this movie a B if it weren't for the middle section, which I found just a little bit overindulgent and sluggish. Mm. I just think it spent too much time being with weird. Drunk at a party. Weird, like, with him drunk at a party. How many times can Rock Hudson? Well, it's, it's not drunk. just one party. It's two party scenes in a row that go on forever. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's like both of them. I get the point already. Like, and and the weird thing is that though a lot of that footage was restored into this movie, it, it wasn't in the original. I mean, part of it was you know the nudity in that first scene was cut for the American release, but it felt like fifteen minutes could have been chopped out of the middle of this movie, and it would have been a really tight thriller. But it just slowed down so much, and I was just like. You know, because because the very end of this movie is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Oh yeah! Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah. I'm not gonna easily, lie. easily one of the greatest horror scenes I've ever seen. What were you gonna um, say, Brian? I said I'm not gonna lie. I feel like if we pared this movie down by about half the runtime, it would have been a very good Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. 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 It's just that middle section and and those two party scenes in a row that just go on and on and on that really drag this movie down for me. Otherwise, I think it's a it, this is a pretty solid thriller. Yeah, it kind of it lost a little something for me as well. Um, Brian, uh, what did you think of this? I mean, a lot of my complaints are you know, the length of it. I feel like the wine orgy was too long. The... Heads up, people! That that term "wine orgy" is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and that's W-I-N-E, not W-H-I-N-E. <laughs> yeah. Was it gonna be wine orgy? <laughs> I don't want to fight. Move over. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we can pose myself here. Um, <laughs> there were aspects of it that really made me think of the movie Get Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I just saw a lot of aspects in that movie, and I was watching that one, and I'm like, this movie does a similar thing. It just doesn't do it as well. And uh, it's it's exploring completely different themes, though. Yes, it is. I, I'll agree with that. But yeah. at the same time, or maybe the know, other, the flip side of that theme. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, like another 51 years of filmmaking comes in to make this better movie. And I just kept thinking of a better movie the entire time watching this movie. And, you know, that kind of detracted from what I got out of it, which is why I I, I have to give it probably a C as well. Okay. Patrick. I'm going to give it a B. I think similar to what's been said, I I would, I really like this movie. Um, And I probably would have given it an A if it weren't for those, that middle scene. Yeah. Um, Not just, I mean, the orgy itself went on way too long. And the party, it's like there's only so much... I hate that, you know, like, drunk guy making a jerk of himself. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's something I don't really enjoy watching anyway, but then when they dragged it on for as long as they did, he didn't too really close to try to... Be, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... You know, so you look too much, you like watching that. in so many parties because Patrick got drunk. Exactly. Started groping the people. Yeah. God. They could have done so much more, I think. If they were going to say, you know, we're going to spend 30 minutes having him try to be a different person and try to 
really let go and not be that, you know, stodgy businessman who was chasing the material right. things and just be free. Because that's I think that's what they were trying to get at with that orgy scene. It just right. that kind of got weird and long and then it failed. And then he's at the party like they could have spent 20 minutes really exploring him trying to be free and 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 just you know understand the importance you know go for love and people and not worry about it and then but they didn't they just sort of glossed over that so i was disappointed in that like i i wanted to see that exploration of him trying that and then failing and yeah that's that's you know. a that's a good way to look at it too i i hadn't i hadn't zeroed in quite on that idea but i think I think that was kind of bothering me in the back of my mind. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, it started off great. It hooked me right from the get-go, you know, very suspenseful. Like he said, a great, almost like a great Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. You know, had that same feel and vibe to it. So I really enjoyed it. I just mm-hmm. don't think there's, there was enough of that exploring what I wanted it to and sort of going off the rails in the middle that I couldn't give it an A for. All right. Steven. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Actually, Steve, before you go, let's hear what Nate has to say because we know where you're going with this. Okay. No, I I found this film really fascinating. I've I've watched a fair amount of Fra- Frankenheimer. I own the Manchurian Candidate. I love the French Connection. I find his career interesting because after uh, after the French Connection, he like goes right downhill. You gotta understand his. He didn't direct the French Connection. Yes, he did. That was Freakin. He directed French Connection too. William Freakin directed, directed the French Connection. I, I made the same Seven, mistake I actually guy. before He's I watched this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at yeah. now, yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, that, that does change a lot. I get these two guys mixed up. Well, whatever. Forget the whole... Um, but he did direct the, the Manchurian Candidate, so you're... Yeah, the original Manchurian Candidate's great. He also directed Prophecy. I was going to say, after the French Canadian right. yes. Prophecy. So this is our second movie from... Yeah, Frankenheimer. And then he made some really just bad movies in the 90s. This is... He really kind of just fell off the wagon after Prophecy. They let him still make movies, but... <laughs> ouch. Ronan. Ronan um, was pretty... Yeah, Ronan was good. I don't know. Okay, so you gave this an uh, A? But I, I, I was fascinated. I haven't seen... I'm, I'm giving this a, a B for some of the things that Tom mentioned. The middle parts take too long. Um, there's some technical stuff in there with the sound where it's clearly not synced with them. And I, I get why it's not, because at that time it would have... You know, they're naked. Where do you put the mic? We would have heard a lot of, yay! <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been... But how many times can they drop, <laughs> drop breaks on Rock Hudson? You know, I, I was like, yeah. stop it. All right. I just, it just made me, it honestly made me like just jealous. Ooh, look, look, he's jumping around in great with beautiful naked women. But I, I liked the slow pacing of this. I loved how trippy it was. Yeah. There's that disturbing, disturbing sequence. Not, not just the big, at the end, but at the beginning where they, they give him the drugs and he's dreaming and it's pulling out these primal desires that he has inside him. And there's the young woman on the bed and he's walking towards her. And I think oh, that moment's yeah. just, yeah. That moment's absolutely horrifying because it's pulling out this sense with within an an, an older man that I, I think it was, was a memory. Dis- it wasn't he wasn't just dreaming though he would he actually did that because well they, yeah was, he was he yeah was, it was staged though yeah it was staged but so he did yeah they made him do that but it's still it's one of these things where it's this is one of the rare movies that I I can really see them playing with especially at this time playing with the camera work. He doesn't mm-hmm. do this much kind of experimenting. This is very, I, I can see a lot of French New Wave camera work experimentation here. He's got a lot of subjective shots. He's got a lot of crazy transitions. And it's impressive for that. Uh, the And that end, oh my goodness, where they are just slowly... Just, just screaming and screaming and screaming. And you got the uh, the minister slash 
rabbi slash priest talking uh, just like this is business as usual Derek over him. doing last rites while he's screaming. Yeah, yeah. it's horrifying. Yeah, and I've I've never seen Rock Hudson act so well. So I'm I'm giving it a B. I feel like if I w- were to watch it again and study it, I'd end up giving it an A. And I really do. I want to come back to this because it is such a fascinating movie. And I, I think it's kind of the thing that we would do in buried cinema. This feels like a legitimate buried movie. Yeah. All right. So two C's, two B's, and a Steven. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't want to watch this. It didn't look very good, especially after one black and white movie we already watched was painful. I, I expected more pain. It wasn't black uh, and white. Wasn't it? Wasn't it no. black and white? It just felt black and white. It felt like black and white. Oh, it's on the second floor. Yeah, wasn't that black and white? No, that was in color. Oh, are you sure? There's there's not much color in it, but is it is shot in color? It's Denmark. Denmark always looks like that. I love this movie. I agree with you guys in the sense that it does feel like a Twilight Zone. You know, the story is a Twilight Zone story, definitely. But the way it's shot. The way it's shot initially, you just feel his discomfort, his unease. And the camera conveys that unease more than anything else. And I, I thought that was amazing. And then this, there's this guy that he's reached middle age and he's at that point where he's like, I missed out. I you know, worked all my life to live this thing that I've been told I'm supposed to live. And I could have done it so much better. I could have been an artist i could have lived for pleasure you know all this stuff that runs through your head and he's given a chance to get that and that's not sat he finds out that's not satisfying because that's not who he is he is the banker and no matter how much he tries he's not satisfied by this hedonistic elitist lifestyle right and because it's just not his it's not him his original life was who he was. It, that, that great line when his wife says he was dead long before he died, he's kind of a non-person. He finds out that he himself is a non-person. And I like that he wants to try. He has this fantasy that I can do it right. But everybody knows that, you know, you were dead a long time ago. The kind of person you are, you're just, you are cannon fodder. And that's a depressing idea, but it's... To me, this is more horrifying as a whole than Alien or any straight-up horror movie. This idea Mm -hmm. that we tried... I mean, I felt like they tried to act... The attempt to give him this life was genuine. Yes. Right? Yeah. But he just didn't cut it. Right. He didn't pass the mark. And there's nothing he could do about that. And they're going to... And so he's nothing more than a body that they can use for something else. Right. They drop kind of a horrifying idea, if you really start thinking about it, when uh, the old man, the old man who, who started the business, yeah, mm-hmm. um, said that they have like a uh, 70-something percent failure rate, yeah. like, right. where the people just don't take to their new lives. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that that means there's 70-some percent of these people that are going through the same thing he goes through in the final scene. Oh, yeah. Right. And and you you realize and they're everybody except for him screaming everybody's being so clinical mm-hmm. in that final and that stuff that stuff always terrifies me is that clinical approach to ending someone's life. Yeah. It um, wasn't that it, so much. I mean, I agree it, with you that is terrifying. But I think what I found terrifying about this movie is that the reason there's that failure rate is because 
70% of lives don't really matter. They don't amount to much. And to me, that's the terrifying idea in this movie, is that yeah. most people, when given the opportunity to do more, aren't capable of that. Yeah. To me, that's the horror. Now yeah. really sad. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it's such a depressing movie because you, you do come to this awful conclusion where, it's, where you know, yeah, the, the vast majority of people's lives will not matter. You are expendable. Yeah. You could be replaced. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, I, I, I find this movie horrific and brilliant. Rock Hudson I thought was great. I actually liked that party scene when he's just wandering around drunk because I felt super uncomfortable for him when he's kind of lumbering up to a group trying to have a conversation. And they're just right. like, ah. That did, oh, my God. That's like the party anxiety nightmare. That's an introvert nightmare. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I mean, I'm just like, Oh, I felt as comfortable as he felt in his new life. So yeah. I thought, I actually thought it was all brilliant. I love this movie. And I didn't catch the grade. Hey. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I'm guessing yeah. so, but I didn't want yeah. to put words in your mouth. All right. Uh, what I, grade would you give it, Kevin? I'm giving this a B. And I'm giving it a B similar to what we talked about in the beginning. The, the point they're trying to drive home, they drove into the ground. And also, it may be just the experimentation of the cinematography at that time, but I didn't like as much of the the shaky out-of-focus cam or it almost looked like somebody was manually zooming the camera, like, let me move it close oh, to your yeah. face, away from your face, a lot. And that yeah. started to bug me. So that's why I'm giving it a B. But the only thing I have to say is, I, Stephen, to your point, I didn't look at it so much as his life didn't matter. I took it from the point of view where a lot of people think the grass is greener on the other side. And yeah. when you get there, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of the message that I got out of this movie was, listen, you should be happy with the life you had. Live it to its fullest. Don't sit there and always wish for, you know, oh, I bet he's got an awesome life. You know, he's got a great job. He's got a good wife. He's got a lot of money. That doesn't mean shit half the time. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so, Two C's, three B's, and an A gives it a... B minus, the same grade that Alien Covenant got. All right. Wow. Oh, yeah. Barely. Barely a B minus. Oh, hey, I can. I happen to have my laptop here. <laughs> what? What? Let me see if I can do flick chart. <gasps> Don't fall asleep while we're doing it. <laughs> I'm, I promise nothing. <laughs> you probably heard that a lot from Kathy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had to say, Nate, you've been <laughs> slipping on them. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going past that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on. you know, for you guys it might be seconds, but I, I tend to last a little longer. <laughs> so we were playing it while Kevin's trying to get it up. Um, we were playing, <laughs> we were playing uh, this movie quote trivia game. Oh yeah, and. That line came up, you're tearing me apart. I'm like, the room! Yeah. I forgot that's from Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, we lost that one. <laughs> so, I'm like, it's got to be the room. Only if it's, you're tearing me apart. And what, what does he say? You're tearing me apart, Tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> yeah. All right, now we're going to go and put seconds into our flick chart. We told you in the earlier segment uh, what flick chart is and where you can stick it. The first movie <laughs> up. <laughs> what? Seconds, or still Mars Attacks? Seconds. 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 I didn't hear Nate O'Brien. Are Nate O'Brien still on? Yeah, I'm here. Nate O'Brien. Are you still on? <laughs> Nate O'Brien. <laughs> you get one vote. Okay, I'll, I mean, uh, 
Tom usually likes to hear everybody's votes, but we'll keep on it. So seconds wins. Tom likes to. <laughs> you have to. How, you can't move on if you don't. Well, well they're not we had, speaking. We had four, four out of six. So mathematically. Yeah. Next choice. Hey, Patrick, you're not invited for golf next year. <laughs> uh, all right. The next matchup: seconds versus Keanu. Seconds. Keanu. Seconds. Yeah, seconds. I think I'm going to go Keanu. So it's three to seconds. two seconds right now. I say I was leaning towards seconds. That's good. So that would make it four to two. Oh, okay. Oh, so, I was thinking that would tie it. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Okay. Go so seconds. seconds wins that one. Next matchup. Ah. Seconds or recent one we did on the podcast, Logan. 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 Yeah, Logan. 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 And I'm going to pick seconds over Mars Attacks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Seconds, and this is a creepy poster. Seconds or Il Postino. Il Postino. Il Postino. Yeah, Il Postino. I did not see I it. I didn't see it either. All right, so that's three out of four that have seen it. Nate, do you care to weigh in? Il Postino. Unanimous. Next up. Oh, seconds or a surprising good movie for me at least, Spider. Mm. Seconds. I'm gonna go Spider. I'm gonna go Spider as well. I have no problems at all with Spider. I think that's a modern kind of Cronenberg masterpiece. For me, that was kind of the beginning of his whole renaissance. I think it's over now. (laughs) (laughs) Now that he's turned to Robert Pattinson as his muse and away from Viggo Mortensen. (laughs) You haven't seen Spider? Oh, no, I said second. You said second. Oh, sorry. Oh, you said second. Yeah, I said so second. So, Brian. Seconds. Uh, seconds, okay. I'm sorry. I thought I said it, too. Okay. Uh, Steven? From the tiebreaker? Uh, Tom, have you seen both? Have you yes, seen Spider? I'm, I have. I'm going to vote seconds. I got more out of it. Seconds. I need to see Spider again. Next matchup. Seconds or, oh, we haven't talked about this one in a while. Yeah. Miller's Crossing. Ooh. Miller's Crossing. I have Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. Miller's Crossing. I'm trying to remember which one Miller's Crossing is. It's the Cohen's Prohibition era. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, with uh, Gabriel Byrne and Albert Finney. And John Turturro. Okay. I thought John yeah. Turturro was in it. I just couldn't yeah. remember. Yeah, that's, that's the one with the ice at the beginning? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, where he talks. With, and he, and he t- when uh. Kevin was chinking his ice earlier, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Miller's I just, Crossing. Okay. I just always think of that Albert Finney's Tommy gun scene. is insane. Oh, yeah. The yeah. scene is insane. He jumps out the window and then... It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're getting close to an end here. Now the next matchup after Miller's Crossing wins, we have seconds coming up against the Hunger Games. The first one? It looks like the first one. Hey, I'm going the I'm Hunger gonna, Games. Yeah, I'm going to go the Hunger Games. I think I'll go the Hunger Games. Yeah. Too. Right. Yeah, the first Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go the first Hunger Games. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, seconds now up against The Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah, The Revenant. Seconds. I'll go The Revenant. Okay. I was going to go The Revenant as well. Good, so we'll keep moving. Four to two. Seconds against Short Term 12. <laughs> short Term 12. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm going Short Term 12. Me too. Seconds. I'm going to go Short Term 12, even though I wasn't really a big fan of it. I just yeah. liked it better. So that puts Seconds at number 117. That's pretty good. Uh, 117 out of 538. Moonlight and Moonlight won Best Picture. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Next podcast continues the theme of seconds, uh, where we happily talk about two movies titled Seconds. Two movies. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds from the second floor. Songs. Songs from the second floor. It could have. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Were they ever on the second floor of any building? Uh, I and think, yeah. the other movie, which I'm looking forward to talking about, 
Uh, I can't remember the title of, though. Once. <laughs> oh, once. Okay. Once. Yeah. Once. Because Brian said, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you in your second. I'm only going once. <laughs> All right. You don't need seconds if you fill your plate enough. <laughs> That's a good point. ABC. What about it? One, two, three. ABC. Always be cord. <laughs>